Russian hackers hijack Iranian hacking tools, a second attack on a vast sea cleaner utility, and an attorney's take on CCPA ambiguities. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. On Monday of this week, Britain's National Cyber Security Centre, a unit of Government Communications Headquarters, or GCHQ, and the US National Security Agency released a joint report into the activities of an advanced persistent threat group known as TURLA. While attacks against targets in 35 countries initially appeared to be associated with Iranian APT attackers, NCSC says that the investigation revealed that the Iranian attack infrastructure had been co-opted and was being used by Turla for espionage purposes. With more on the story, here's ISMG's executive editor of Data Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz. Call it an unusual case of spy versus spy. This week, British and American intelligence agencies revealed that Iranian cyber attack tools and infrastructure were being used by nation-state attackers against targets. No surprise there. But what is surprising is that instead of the Iranians driving all of these attacks, many instead were the work of Russian hackers. On Monday, Britain's National Cybersecurity Centre, which is part of intelligence agency GCHQ, together with the US National Security Agency, released a joint report into the activities of an advanced persistent threat group known as TURLA, which many suspect is run by the Russian government. The joint report notes that tools, tactics, and procedures, or TTPs, associated with the suspected Iranian nation-state hackers had been used to hit targets in 35 different countries. But the NCSC says its investigation revealed that the Iranian attack infrastructure had been co-opted and was being used by Russia's Turla Group for cyber espionage. The hacked Iranian APT group is called Oil Rig, although it is also known as APT-34, Helix Kitten, and Krambus. It's been active since at least early 2016. Many security experts believe Oil Rig is backed by the Iranian government. The group's attacks are often associated with certain types of attack tools, including different pieces of malware that have such names as Neuron, Nautilus, and Snake. The group's targets are largely located in the Middle East. The NCSC says victims in this region included military establishments, government departments, scientific organizations, and universities. The group's victims, however, include organizations around the world. So at some point, seemingly at least by the beginning of 2018, oil rig suffered a hostile takeover. Namely, Russian hackers appear to have gained deep access to oil rigs operations, giving them in turn access to the infrastructure the group used to launch attacks, including command and control servers for pushing malware onto hacked endpoints, as well as exfiltrating data. But the Russian hackers also appear to have obtained source code and cryptographic signing keys, leading to the hackers being able to develop and deploy their own customized updates to the stolen Iranian malware and infrastructure. Evidence of some of these attacks was first reported publicly by security firm Semantic this past June. It said that Waterbug, which is its name for Turla, appeared to have compromised the oil rig infrastructure in January 2018 and to have used oil rigs Poison Frog control panel to deliver malware to at least one target. 
Semantic researchers said this was the first time they'd observed one targeted attack group seemingly hijack and use the infrastructure of another group. NSA and the NCSC say they don't believe the Russians were attempting to masquerade as the Iranians. Rather, the Russians likely seized the opportunity to not only obtain free infrastructure, but also to gain access to a whole host of pre-hacked targets of interest. This episode raises the question of whether attributing attacks such as these, which have been conducted by suspected nation-state attackers, helps organizations that might be targeted in the future. Surely, organizations should already be prepared to repel all types of attacks, whether they're being launched by nation-state groups, cybercrime attackers, hacktivists, ex-employees with a grudge, or any other potential adversary. From a cybersecurity standpoint, however, that's only part of this picture. Intelligence officials say that the impetus for naming and shaming the likes of Turla is simple. Online espionage thrives and arguably succeeds best when it's stealthy. Bringing it into the light, however, makes these types of operations much more costly to continue. To unmask such operations, security firms and intelligence agencies will highlight an attack group's TTPs. Doing so makes these types of campaigns easier to spot and, accordingly, less effective. As just mentioned, it also increases the cost and effort for nation-state groups to continue these types of operations, hopefully leaving them unable to hack as many targets. American and British intelligence agencies also seemed keen to emphasize that while these cyber attacks appeared to have been launched by Iranian spies, in fact, they were the work of Russian spies. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. News came out this week that a vast sea cleaner software has again been infiltrated by attackers to provide a means of piggybacking into systems that trust the well-recognized file cleaning software. With the details, here's ISMG's Managing Editor of Security and Technology, Jeremy Cook. For the second time in two years, hackers have taken aim at CCleaner, a popular Windows utility for cleaning up old files. The antivirus company Avast owns CCleaner, and earlier this week it dug into the dirty details of what it says is a sophisticated attack against the application. Avast caught on to the latest attempt after an alert from Microsoft's Advanced Threat Analytics platform. Avast Chief Information Security Officer Jaya Balu says the investigation also involved Czech intelligence and the country's Security Information Service. The alert pointed to, quote, a malicious replication of directory services from an internal IP that belonged to our VPN address range, but had originally been dismissed as a false positive. One of its employees' VPN credentials appeared to be compromised. Avast's internal network was successfully accessed with the compromised credentials through a temporary VPN profile. That profile had erroneously been kept enabled and did not require two-step verification. The temporary profile had been accessed by several sets of stolen credentials, it said. The attacker was able to escalate privileges to gain domain admin access. The activity started as early as May and continued through this month. The attack was thwarted, however. It's unknown what the attackers wanted to do with CCleaner, but two years ago it was the target of an attack that created a trojanized version of the application. 
The Trojanized version was signed with a legitimate digital certificate and delivered a second stage back door. Technical clues indicated that those behind it aimed at big companies including Google, Intel, Microsoft, and Samsung. The type of manipulation is often referred to as a supply chain attack, allowing an intruder to piggyback on a widely installed program that most believe is safe. After Avast became aware of the latest attempt, it scanned previous versions of CCleaner to ensure they hadn't been tampered with. It found no problems. It also generated a new version of CCleaner and re-signed it. That version was delivered via an automatic update on October 15. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, we're not far off from the California Consumer Protection Act, or CCPA as it's more commonly known, going into effect on January the 1st of 2020. But according to Sadia Mirza of the law firm Troutman Sanders, the current draft regulations still have a long way to go in clarifying ambiguities in the law. In an interview with ISMG's associate editor, Suparna Goswami, she discusses where the draft comes up short. Here's Sadia. So I think, you know, last week the California AG, they did, he did release a draft of the regulation implementing the CCPA and is now accepting comments um, either through mail, email, or at the four public hearings that are going to be held in early December. So based on the CCPA, the regulations, they were supposed to be drafted to assist in establishing procedures to facilitate consumers' rights under the CCPA and really provide guidance for businesses on how to comply. And to Barna, as you mentioned, you know, over the last year, many businesses have been struggling to comply with the CCPA and I think a lot of us, a lot of organizations and businesses, were generally hoping that the regulations would ease some of the burden or at least clarify how businesses can comply. I think that while, you know, while it's clear that the AG took into consideration some of the issues that were raised at the initial public forums um, held earlier this year, I don't think that the draft regulations necessarily provide the, the clarity or the relief that businesses um, were looking for. It seems like rather than clarifying how businesses can comply, the draft regulations really, it really did stack on more requirements to the CCPA, some of which I think can arguably be read to conflict with what the CCPA requires. So, you know, I think one of the things you mentioned was what constitutes a sale of data. And so, again, you know, the CCPA defines that as basically any disclosure of personal information in exchange for monetary or valuable consideration. And so why this definition is so important under the CCPA is because it triggers certain obligations. Um, for example, if you're going to be, if a business is selling personal information, then they have to give consumers the ability under certain circumstances to opt out of that sale. And so businesses were really tr struggling to understand, well, what, is, what does a sale actually mean? What is valuable consideration? And, you know, those things that I think businesses were hoping for clarity on, I don't think that, I think generally they're probably going to be disappointed by the draft regulations. But again, you know, and that's not to say that the AG didn't take into consideration some of the issues raised. It, you know, I could tell just because, you know, I, I attended one of those hearings and some of the things that were raised at the hearing I attended were addressed in the draft regulations. But, um, Overall, I think businesses will probably be somewhat disappointed by the draft regs. And, you know, luckily there is a comment period, which is so, so important. And, you know, we're strongly encouraging all businesses, industries, anyone really impacted by the CCPA to review the draft regulations and submit their comments to help, you know, to help everyone understand why the, some of the draft regulations just aren't practical or make sense for businesses who are seeking to comply. 
that's it for this week's ISMG security report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time. Thank you.